Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Am I correct? Praise is what we do for what he's done. Worship is what we do for who he is. So that means that we praise God because he heals our body. Right? But we worship him because he is the healer. We praise God because he supplies our needs. But we worship God because he is the need supplier. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And you know what? He accepts both. You know, some restaurants, they won't accept the MasterCard. Some won't accept anything but American Express. But when it comes to praise and worship, God said, I'll take both. Thank you. In fact, he he loves it. He loves it when we praise him. He loves it when we get so excited and exuberant that we want to dance in the aisle. Uh, Our friend from down the road here, Brother Jeremy Lang, I heard him preach. I heard him preach Friday night at the Tennessee District uh, District Fall Conference. He said, when I was a young, young Christian, he said, somebody told me about uh, seeing some apostolic people roll in the floor. He said, and I was just crazy enough that the next service we went to, he said, when the music started, he said, I started rolling in the floor. But God accepts the rolling in the floor. God accepts every fist pump. Yeah. Hallelujah. Ever praise the Lord. And if you danced out in the world when you was a kid, and all you can do is a Charleston, try that on with Jesus sometime. He will not turn it down. And, and it's been so long since the Charleston was done, nobody in this generation will know the difference. They'll think it's a spiritual dance. Hallelujah. And God says, I like that. I'll take that. I've got you standing for a moment uh, because I'm only going to read one verse. Normally I'll read three or four, five, six verses make you stand for a while. But I'm going to give you one verse, and don't don't get your hopes built up. Just because I'm reading one verse don't mean I won't preach an hour. But I'm hungry enough that I probably won't. And this, this verse I want to read to you tonight is in the book of Zechariah. Zechariah, now if you don't know where Zechariah is, just find the split between the Gospels. Okay? And go back to the left just a little bit because you'll see Malachi, M-A-L-A-C-H-I, and
And then the one right before that is Zechariah. Zechariah has 14 chapters in it. And I want you to look with me at chapter number 9 tonight. Chapter number 9, and uh, I want to read one verse. Oh, he's already got it. He's spoiling the, he's spoiling the fun. Already got it. <laughs> already got it up there. Zechariah 9, verse 12. Would you look at that and maybe just read it out loud with me, all right? Read it out loud with me. Let's read as a family together, shall we? Turn you to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare that I will render double unto thee. For just a few moments tonight, a message titled, A Turn in the Right Direction. A turn in the right direction. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that before this service is over, that there will be some who will make a turn in the right direction. Those who need to make that turn, I ask you to help them, Lord, to make the turn in the right direction. Give us Holy Ghost anointing that the power of the Spirit of God saturate this house in the name of Jesus, anoint our words that we would speak in this place, in this congregation. In the name of Jesus Christ, everybody said, Amen. And you may be seated. God bless you. When troubles rise and catch you unaware, the day-to-day -day of living seems unfair so you try again all your dreams and plans but they end up in defeat the fancy frills that once brought thrills now leave you incomplete and you wonder where your life's gone wrong and why you can't find peace your hope's not gone. It's just been too long since you've had to believe. Keep believing in what you know is true. Keep believing. You know the Lord will see you through when troubles rise in your life and you don't know what to do. You'll be fine if you just keep believing. The enemy can only bring defeat if he can somehow shake what we believe. So our faith cannot be based upon only what we see or feel. And the circumstances cannot change what our hearts know to be real. So when doubts arise and cloud your mind, my friend, don't be deceived. For with the knowledge of the Word of God in our hearts, we can believe. You can take God at His Word 
He is faithful, kind, and true. Not a prayer will go unanswered. In his time, he'll see you through. Keep believing in what you know is true. Keep believing. You know the Lord will see you through. When troubles rise in your life and you don't know what to do, if you're looking for answers and you can't find your way, and the enemy tells you that there's no need to pray. You just remember God is faithful and his word is true. Everything he's promised is what he's going to do. And you'll be fine if you'll just keep believing. The definition of a prisoner is someone who is locked up in shackles, behind bars, incarcerated, bound perhaps in chains. To be called then a prisoner of hope, to be called a prisoner of hope, then would mean somebody who was bound up, locked up, behind bars, incarcerated by a never-dying future prospect of something that we have yet been una unable to attain. Right? Scripture says that we have a blessed hope. It also says that hope maketh not ashamed. One verse in your Bible talked about those who against hope believed in hope. Hope for the children of God is more than just some empty pie in the sky pipe dream of expectation. The hope for the child of God is to someday soon do what John Gillespie McGee's poem titled High Flight suggests. He said, oh, I have slipped the surly bonds of earth and danced the skies on laughter silvered wings sunward I've climbed and joined the tumbling mirth of sun split clouds and done a hundred things you have not dreamed of wheeled and soared and swung high in the sunlit silence hovering there I've chased the shouting wind along and flung my eager craft through footless halls of air. Up, up the long, delirious, burning blue, I've topped the windswept heights with easy grace where never lark nor eagle flew. And while with silent lifting mind I've trod the high, untressed, past sanctity of space, he said, I've put out my hand 
and touch the face of God. As long as flesh enshrouds our skeletons and as long as our hearts pump blood through our bodies to keep the organs functioning well enough to sustain life, you and I will be caught in the prison of hope for a future beyond what this life is dealing us at this moment. I don't know the person who would tell me, oh, I like it just like I've got it. I don't want to ever get any better. I like being 75 and 80 and having all these creaking bones and aching joints. And, oh, I love being able to put my teeth on the counter when I go to bed, taking my hair off to comb it. Oh, I'm, I get all up into that. I love that. No, no. No, I'll trade with you. I'd rather have a, a, a body that does not ache. Brother Jerry, I've played music so long with these hands, I think the only thing that is keeping them halfway limber is the act of playing music. If I quit playing music, piano, organ, keyboard, whatever, I feel like my joints would go to, they, they, they'd tighten up because right now that one's aching and that one's aching and that one's aching and that one's got a knot on it and that thumb has got a knot on it and it's crooked. And you saw me when I walked to the pulpit tonight. I can't walk straight anymore. I got my feelings hurt the other day at the doctor's office. They said, we're going to see how tall you are too. I said, I'm six foot, I have you know. She said, well, let me check. She checked and I was 5'11". It's age. Gravity is pulling down on me. I said, gravity is pulling down on me. But thanks be unto God. There's a hope that lies in my soul. That keeps me reaching. That keeps me praying. That keeps me going to church. That keeps me loving Jesus. Hallelujah. I have a future beyond this life. Right now, incarcerated in these bones. Right now, incarcerated in this flesh. I am a prisoner of hope. But one of these mornings... And it won't be long. You'll look for me and I'll be gone. I will lay down this fleshly body. And I will pick up a heavenly body. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. The enemy of our soul, the evil accuser of the brethren is on a mission. To simply keep you and I imprisoned to our hopes and our dreams. The devil's favorite ploy is to make you and I believe that there is nothing beyond where we are right now. That there is nothing beyond what we are feeling 
and experience in God right now. But let me stop right here and lay one on the devil. How about it? We, we're just experiencing the earnest of our inheritance. You got the Holy Ghost tonight? Anybody got the Holy Ghost tonight? Now, the only way you could have housed everything that God has got for you is for you to have had a glorified body. So he just put a little bit of his Holy Ghost in us. Just gave us the earnest of our inheritance. Just gave us a little taste of glory. Every time the Holy Ghost comes on you and you all of a sudden lose your English language and you start speaking in that heavenly language, God's just reminding you, oh, hold on just a while. Just hang on just a little bit longer. What you're getting to experience right now is just the earnest of your inheritance. One of these mornings, we'll shake off these bars of flesh and we'll, we'll receive a glorified body. Hallelujah. And hope will become reality. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I said our hope is going to turn into reality. But the devil says you can't. You, no, no, this is all you can see. This is all you're ever going to experience. But the devil is a lie. That old black preacher named T.D. Jake said the devil is a lie. He is a lie. And he's the father of lies. Greek mythology. Greek mythology tells us that Hercules. Hercules constructed two pillars near the Straits of Gibraltar. And he, he, he constructed these to mark the edge of the then known world. And these two pillars bore a warning that was inscribed on them. And the warning was written in Latin, I guess. And three words, N-E, P-L-U-S, U-L-T-R-A, knee plus ultra. Those three words in English are translated, no more beyond. This is the end. This is the edge of the world. There's no more beyond this. The devil wants to stop you in your tracks and say, there's no more beyond this. And, these, and these, these three words served as a warning to sailors and navigators. Don't go any farther. Don't go any farther. And it essentially shut the door on possibility. But in the 1400s, the belief that there was nothing more to discover was so prevalent that knee plus ultra was absolutely written on the edges of all of the maps that were made. It even became Spain's national motto 
And it was seen everywhere that their standard or their flag flew. Until one man, until one man acted on his conviction that there was more, in fact. There was, in fact, more beyond. And when he acted on his conviction that there was, in fact, more beyond, we know that one man changed the world forever. The little song we learned in public school was in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. I can see Miss Mary Lester Cox, Cox, uh, Cox playing that little ditty on that old upright piano in the middle of that little, little old music room. She had them little glasses down on the end of her nose. All right, children, y'all sing. I never took a lesson. Before I got out of high school, I'd go down to Miss Cox's music room, and I'd sit there and play. And she'd say, would you play for the music class today? I never took a lesson. I just proved that there was more beyond. He set sail into unknown waters. To an unknown destination. And upon discovering new lands and new opportunities. And proving that it could be done. His country, Spain, dropped. They dropped the N-E off of their motto. And, it, and then they minted new coins with their new motto that said P-L-U-S plus ultra. This marked the dawn of a new age of discovery. The world had been awakened to grand, brand new possibilities. And today in a place called Valladolid, Spain, you will find a monument to Christopher Columbus. And its most interesting feature on this monument this statue, there is a lion, and that lion is with his claws. He is scratching off. He is destroying the first of those three words. He's, he's scratching off the no. He's tearing off the no. I wish somebody would scratch off the no tonight. I wish in your heart and in your mind you would say, I know without a shadow of a doubt there is more beyond what I've got. Oh, we haven't reached the pinnacle yet. We have not reached the apex yet. We have not reached the acme yet. We have not reached all that we can get yet. There is more beyond. I thought I received all the Holy Ghost that I could ever contain. Just come back next week, honey. Ah, hallelujah. I thought I couldn't get no more powerful in the spirit than I did when I was at camp meeting. But you came back on Sunday and you felt the Holy Ghost one more time. Oh, you don't hear me now. Zechariah 9, the chapter 9 is... It's broken up into three sections. 
the last of which is verses 11 through 17. And those, those verses tell us of God's deliverance of Zion. Zion, we know, has always been a type of the church. Would you agree? Yes. Zion has always been a type of the church of the living God. And in, and in verse 12, it gives Zion some instructions which would bring about their deliverance. If the church needs deliverance, we got the instructions right here. God said to Zion, he said, turn you to the stronghold. Turn ye to the stronghold, ye prisoners of hope. Even today do I declare when God says something, that's one thing. But when he declares something, I feel like that's something completely stronger. God said, I declare. My mama used to say, Mike, I declare. If you don't get out of that mud, I'm going to give you a whooping. When mother declared it, you better obey it. You better heed that declaration, hallelujah, because it wasn't necessarily a declaration of independence when mama said it. You're going to be praying for independence. If my mom got a hold of you with that lean little peach tree switch, mm, would to God more mamas use peach tree switches today. I'll just leave that right there, okay? I won't, I won't go, go any further. But God said, I declare that I will render. That means I will give. I will give or render unto thee double. Does that sound like more? Would you like me to supersize that for you? Would you like to have some fries with that shake? Did I order fries with my shake? He said, I will render unto you double. He said, you're going to get back. Watch out now. You're going to get back twice as much as you lost. The way to get it back, brothers and sisters, the way to get it back is make a turn. In the right direction. Quit running away from the stronghold. Quit going the wrong direction from the church. Quit getting nervous every time somebody invites you to the house of God. They're not trying to hurt you. They're just trying to get you to the stronghold. Turn ye. Turn ye to the stronghold. Listen as David describes Zion. In 48 and 12 of, of, of Psalms, walk about Zion. Go around about her. Tell or count the towers thereof. Mark you well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces. Why? That ye may tell it to the generation following my God. Mamas and daddies, let me tell you something. You need something to tell your children. You need something to tell future generations about the church. Hallelujah. Get yourself turned in the right 
My God. Get yourself turned in the right direction. And if you will, the things that come out of your mouth about the church will not be negative things, but they will be positive things. Oh, son. Oh, daughter. The pastor is preaching good, ain't he? Hallelujah. The Sunday school teachers are teaching good, aren't they, honey? Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. You want your family to be saved? I know you do. You want your, your sons and your daughters to know the true and living God? I know you do. Put something in them that is positive. You've got to have something to tell the generations that are following. He said you need to check Zion out. You need to walk about Zion. You need to take a trip around the church. Some folks don't know where anything in the church is except the restroom. Some folks don't know where the prayer room is because they've never been there. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I pastored a little too long. Some folks don't know where anything is but what they want. Oh, we all like the kitchen. We all like the dining room. There ain't nothing like free food. There ain't nothing like free food to bring in a crowd on a Sunday after Sunday school. I guarantee you, if y'all just announce on the sign today and send out a few flyers and get folks on Facebook to say, we're going to have a eating, a good free eating Sunday, you'll have twice the crowd that you have. Some folks don't know much about the, the sanctuary where the worship goes on. They don't know much about the sanctuary where the word of God is, is brought, where the meat of the word of the Lord is brought. I know y'all got a good pastor. I've heard him preach before. I can't jump as high as he does. I promise you that. I can't preach nothing like he does. But let me tell you something. We need to know where the church is. We need to know where the prayer room is. We need to know where the worship comes forth. We need to know where it all takes place. And I just made a mess. Hallelujah. I'm glad that wasn't shoe polish. <laughs> David said, we need to tell our generations that are following something. Why? For this is our God. This is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. David also said, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous runneth into it and are safe. You know what? I'm grieved. It grieves me in my spirit when I see people who are locked up, who are imprisoned so tightly in their hopes and dreams that they turn away from the very thing that can and will bring them deliverance. And it will bring them a double portion blessing if they would only turn, turn in the right direction. If they would only turn to the stronghold instead of turning away from it. It's more. It's more than an empty cliche. 
When I tell you, you must keep believing. You must keep believing. And you must keep turning toward the stronghold. Turning toward the stronghold. Don't wring your hands. Don't bite your nails into the quick saying, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to turn. The Bible plainly tells us which way to turn. He said, turn to the stronghold. Oh, I would to God that somebody before this service tonight who have been fighting, you've been fighting a battle for, for weeks now that you have not been able to get victory over. I wish somebody would quit turning away from the thing that can help you and make a turn in the right direction. Hallelujah. I wish somebody would say, I'm going to turn in the right direction. I've wasted too much time. I've wasted too much energy. I've wasted too much effort. I've given too much money to the wrong things. I am not satisfied. I have not gotten what I needed. I'm going to make my turn to the right direction. I'm going to head to the stronghold. I'm coming to the stronghold. Inside of Zion, inside the church, there most certainly are those who are weak, perhaps those who are even frail to the point of in their mind thinking, maybe even verbalizing, there's no more beyond. There's nothing else left for me. But the stronghold, the church, is not going under. This church is solid. It's well-founded. It is established on the rock. This church was purchased by the blood of the Savior. Forgive my terminology here. But the church was built on more than hot air and well water. Huh? The church was built, built more uh, on more than just spitting, screaming. And preachers who didn't have an education enough to know how to preach, they did their very best. Preachers with third grade educations felt and saw the need that the word of God went forth. So in their, in their limited educations, they stood and they did the very best they could. But now, now we've gone beyond that. We do not look on them in, in, in any kind of bad light. We appreciate where they brought us. I'm, a, I'm thankful for, for, for where all of these forefathers of the gospel got us to. But it is only right. It would only be right for the modern day church to say, look, look, sir, we appreciate where you got us. We appreciate where you brought us. But we cannot just stay here. We've got to go forward. I want to make the right turn. I want to make a right turn. A turn in the right direction. 
an interesting fact. An interesting fact that I found out through reading and then talking to some folks, uh, Brother Victor Vera for one. Uh, I found out that UPS sent a directive out to all of their drivers. They said, no more left-hand turns. If they were caught making left-hand turns, they were, they were uh, 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 punished or straightened out in the office. Because, see, those, those UPS trucks all have, they all have uh, tracking devices in them. So they knew when those drivers were making left-hand turns. They proved it that when the UPS drivers made only right-hand turns, Far less accidents happened. When they made only right-hand turns, so many millions of dollars of, of fuel were saved every day because of right-hand turns only. Wow. You ever thought about how much fuel you're burning? You ever thought about how much energy you're wasting with all of your left-hand turns and all of your wrong decisions, uh, pleasure-seeking decisions? Well, it won't hurt. You know, it's not that big a deal. I'm not going to do it every day, just every couple of weeks, you know. Uh -huh. Oh, help me, Lord. This church was not built on weakness, on frailty. It was, it was built on foundations that are sure. And steadfast, solid. And when the Word of God tells us to turn to the stronghold, He's trying to get us to move in the right direction. This church, purchased by the blood, it'll stand the test of our times. I said, the church is going to stand the test of our times. Our times of struggle. Our times of failing compass. Woo, I believe every child of God has had a time when their compass failed. Started veering off course. Our compass starts failing, but this church will stand. In those times of failing compass, the church will stand in our times of loss of purpose. David said in 31 and 15 of Psalms, my times, plural, my times are in thy hand. Not just your good times, sister. 
Not just your good times, brother, but your bad times, your weak times, your sick times, your down times, your discouraged times. Yes, your times of victory and health as well. David said, my times, O oh God, are in thy hands. He said, deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. If deliverance is what you have need of, then you must turn to the stronghold, not away from it. Why? Because it's a turn in the right direction. Please stand tonight. Please stand. Hallelujah. Isaiah was known as the silver-tongued prophet because of his eloquent oratory when speaking for God. And when speaking for God, he said in 45 and 22 of Isaiah, Look unto me and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth for I am God, and there is none else. Could I be sweet and tell you tonight that the sooner we realize and the sooner that we recognize that he is God and there is None else, the faster we're going to be making the right decisions. The easier it will be for us to turn in the right direction. How many of you would like to save energy? Uh, save a little bit of physical energy. Save a little bit of monetary Finances save a little bit of your health. Turn right. Just turn right. Make a turn in the right direction. Years ago, years ago, the old folks. Excuse me for saying that, because, but I am one of them now. So. <coughs> I, I used to hear uh, older folks say, when, when they're talking about sick folks, you know, oh, y'all pray for sister so-and-so. She took a turn. She took a turn for the worse. She took a turn for the worse. Or he took a turn for the worse. Anybody ever heard her say that? You got to be 60 or probably or above to hear that person. Yeah, now you're telling your age. <laughs> Don't take a turn for the worse. Scratch the no off. I said scratch the no off. And know that there is a more beyond. Take a turn for the better. Turn ye toward the stronghold, because there's safety there. 
turn ye to the stronghold because there's a double blessing there. Drop the no. There is more beyond. Blessings await you. Deliverance awaits you. Power awaits you. And like Brother Tim Pettigo wrote and sung, sung many years ago, keep believing. Keep believing. And turn in the right direction. Come on, musicians. It's early yet. It's only 25 minutes till 8 o'clock. I want to give somebody an opportunity right now. I said, I want, to, I want to give someone an opportunity. Maybe more than one. You may be, you may be a saint. You may be living right, doing right, walking right. But I want to give somebody an opportunity right now to step out of your seat. And say, preacher, I want to make sure that all of my turns are in the right direction. I know I'll save, and I know I'll be saved if I turn in the right direction. Turn toward Calvary. Turn toward Jesus. Turn toward redemption. Turn toward repentance. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.